Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107 of the IA Cast. My name is Michael Doeys, and today I'm here with uh, Leah Dudley. Don't use that nickname. <laughs> Did you forget her name? <laughs> no, I was trying to decide if I was going to say Lauren Bishop or Aaliyah Dudley first. And uh, uh, My name Aaliyah. is not Leah. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, we have Lauren Bishop. My family is the only one that gets to use that name. Anyway. We have Lauren Bishop. Hello. And Jason Earls. Hello. <laughs> oh yep, my gosh. This is funny. the post 100 IA cast episodes, guys, where anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start out with our typical news that we always start with. And we have a few things this week that's interesting, starting off with the fact that Apple has released new battery cases for the iPhone XS, or the 10s, as others call it, line. So the 10s and the 10s Max now have battery cases, and I find this very interesting because these phones already last a long time. Mine lasts about a day to a day and a half. Yeah, I mean, well, yours is the Max, but could you imagine putting a case on the Max? Like, putting a battery case on it and then just you could take it on a Greyhound trip. Like, you'd be fine. That would actually be really cool because then you wouldn't have to worry about, like, you know, dealing with a, a battery pack unless you needed, like charge your apple watch but you can get those little keychain chargers if you really wanted to do that and these um these battery cases support wireless charging that is cool and as much as i hate having a case on my phone i might eventually look into one they're 129 dollars. yes they are but how much was the smart case for the older phones 99 well see that's not too much difference in my opinion you know the 30 dollars can just be chucked up to the wireless charging so wait, are they both $129, both these cases? I think so. Because I assumed that they were going to be different prices. You know, the, the one for the Max being more expensive than the one for the normal um, 10S. I refuse to call it the XS, Michael. Well, it's better than calling it the XS. <sighs> <laughs> um, but these these cases are really neat, and we'll have pricing information in the show notes as well as far as links to the actual cases. So, Other Apple news, the uh, last year, Apple, uh, because probably because of their battery exchange program, replaced eleven to 12,000 batteries, wasn't it? Million. A million batteries. Million. 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 That's a lot of batteries, and that's up from the typical one to two million every year? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. But, you know, the batteries were going for $30 for replacements, so. And, you know, I I just think that a lot of people, you know, recognized that and, and started paying more attention to their batteries' health, given the battery health statistics you can see in settings. And so I think that prompted some things. I thought you could check it on the iPads and and other devices. No, the the last time I checked, the battery health information was not available. Now that may have changed. You know why that is, right? The reason why it's only on iPhones is because of the throttling issue. They don't actually throttle on iPads. 
but I still want to see it. Yes, but I think you should still be able to see how far below maximum capacity your battery is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's going back to the battery cases. I wonder if that's not a reason, if that's not, wouldn't be a reason that Apple decided to um, release these battery cases even for the uh, 10s Max because of this whole battery debacle from last year. Well, and speaking of Apple, they're still selling, or they just started selling on clearance, the iPhone SE again. So go get it if you want it. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, but they, aren't they selling them for like two? Two hundred. Selling them in clearance for like two forty nine. Yeah. So if you want a glorified iPod, go get it. But <laughs> if not, okay. Hey, look, so iPod with Touch iPod. ID. There you go. And a bigger battery. Yeah. But and it'll yell Apple at you support. about no SIM card forever and ever and ever. Another news topic that's interesting is that Google Maps will now show speed limit information. Aliyah, do you want to mention that? I mean, there's not much else to mention other than now you can see exactly how much over the speed limit that Uber driver is driving. Um, in both the iOS and Android Google Maps apps. So kind of cool. So is that as you're going down the road, or is that on different parts of the map? I'm not sure. Um, the article I saw didn't give a whole lot of information about that. I would assume it's as you're going down the road, though, because, you know, Google, when they when they do features like that, they tend to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, constantly, you know, updating. Like, so I, I would assume that it was, it would be while you're driving down the road. I would like to play with that while on the bus or going somewhere. I think that would be fun. In episode 603 of Windows Weekly, there was some discussion about the use of Cortana. So it didn't set anybody else off. Hopefully that didn't. So as known now as Sea Lady that she was not needed in the basic setup of Windows 10. Now, things were said that the that accessibility at cost was brain dead and that blind people could use their helpers to get Windows set up. Well, we have a lot to say on this and I still have not heard the entire podcast. I would like to hear it so I can know the context that it was said, but I still feel like these things should not have been said and Aaliyah starting already foam at the mouth. So, um, Aaliyah is very opinionated on this. And I was I, wondering if we just started playing the Star Wars movie or something in the background. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, it kind of sounded like she was like Darth Vader or something. So, I feel like uh, he owes a lot to the accessibility community for saying what he did because as a a low vision user who can see the screen i like those features and i feel like it adds personality to the install okay alia okay my turn um okay deep breaths deep breaths it's been two it's been a week and i'm still upset guys I really am. Because 
the comments were made. Michael's right. The comment first was made. Accessibility at any cost is branded. And I'm sorry, but it feels like what Paul is saying. And, and I'm finishing up an article that more eloquently and less um, angrily displays my thoughts. But it feels like what he's saying is, well, you know, accessibility is okay as long as it doesn't interfere with anybody else. As long as it stays in the background and, you know, doesn't doesn't hurt anybody, you know, and as long as it's, you know, it's it's OK if somebody has to take several extra steps to get access to accessibility because, you know, they're the minority and it doesn't matter. But that was one of the comments made. Another comment made was that, you know. Installing Windows was well down the list of what blind people should be concerned about because they're blind and they probably have somebody there to help them install Windows anyway. And that just made me rage. Let me tell you that yesterday I pulled apart a Dell Inspiron laptop. I took out the spinning drive and I replaced it with an SSD and I put it back together independently. Yes, I did. This was a very new experience for me. And I did have somebody trying to help me find the screw holes because it was a very new experience for me. But I could have found them with a little more effort. Um, I did not need a sighted person to help me. The machine booted for the first time, booted off of a thumb drive that had been preloaded with a Windows ISO file. And it installed Windows onto the new drive. I, all of that was accomplished with Narrator. And, and Sea Lady. Sea Lady, yep. And I'm telling you guys that the Sea Lady is not purely an accessibility feature. When Windows boots up for the first time, what you hear is not initial instructions for how to turn on a screen reader. It's, hi, I'm Cortana. And that is really an expression of the personality of the operating system and the personality of the brand of Microsoft. And one of the other things that was mentioned was that it would be okay if Windows was designed like Mac OS, where speech did not come on alerting you to the presence of a screen reader for a minute. And I'm sorry, but that has larger implications than just 60 seconds. We had to wait all the time for accessibility, and it doesn't always show up. Accessibility is not guaranteed as much as we might like it to be. And some developers never deliver on their promises. So that 60 seconds could translate into a year, two years, five years before progress is ever made. And I'm sorry, that's not accessible. That's not acceptable either. And it's really annoying to me when people who call themselves leaders in the field, who are role models for developers, who are role models for technology enthusiasts, and they go, 
they come out and they say things that really do damage to the already negative perceptions of people with disabilities in our society. Who knows? The conversation that was had on that podcast may cost someone a job because their employer may think that a blind person is a liability, an extra expense, and may believe that they are not worth it for hiring. And that person may go down the list of potential employees and hire someone who's less qualified because they think that the blind person is a burden and not an asset. Well, and with the statement that accessibility at any cost is brain dead, you know, people listen to these folks on these podcasts. Yep. And so what if that makes a developer hesitate or stop putting accessibility first in their design process? Accessibility from the ground up is much cheaper and much more beneficial than bolted-on accessibility. And that's what people don't understand. Why? Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't think uh, G-Lady slash G-Assistant understands it either. G-Guy. G-Guy. That's not a guy. Well, Ours it can isn't be. a guy. G lady or That's G why guy? I'm settling on G assistant. <laughs> well, S lady can be S guy too. Well, that's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, C lady can't be C guy. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounds like Seagate. I know, and A lady can't really be A guy. <laughs> well, this is true. No, she is a girl. Yes, but basically. Back to the topic at hand, one of our podcasts that was a suggestion of a topic that was brought up to us on Twitter that I think we will actually talk about sooner than later is the differences between accessibility and inclusion. And I think that has very big implications, especially with this last uh, vent from Paul Therott on the Windows Weekly podcast. And I think that topic will come up quite often in that discussion, so... I think yeah. that would be a great talk. Yeah. I All I have to say is shame on you, Paul, and shame on the co-hosts who did not stand up and stand against him and say, this is wrong. You are wrong. Shut up. <laughs> and also, what gives him the right to decide what is and isn't brain dead? Well, everybody Especially who when... everybody on a podcast, folks, and and we're doing it too. Let let's be honest. We're we're taking another side, but we're being we're being subjective. We're being opinionated. We're saying our thoughts, and that's what he was doing there. And he has the right as a podcaster to say what he feels. But I think that what was said was said out of ignorance and not out of understanding. And so I think when, you know, these things are said, we have to look at what the person knows, how educated in the topic they are, despite what they should know, what they actually know, and then really say, what, how do we combat this bad press? Or how do we reach out to other developers and say, 
this is not what needs to happen. And I think that our podcast is a great platform to do that. And I just want everybody out there to know that I'm a developer. I don't believe that accessibility is uh, at any cost is brain dead because accessibility should be built into your design. And then it's not, uh, you know, you're not having to pay anything extra. Now, you know, if you really think about it, here, here is here is a uh, interesting thought. Accessibility in today's time. Accessibility at any cost is brain dead. And here is why. Do if not make you, me hurt you. If you build your application according to guidelines and follow the right steps at time of development, then you're actually not spending any additional funds and money or resources to make your product accessible. For example, and this is where, this is truly where I believe Windows Weekly is wrong, uh, because they built these accessibility features as a feature to all users into Windows 10. And so I feel like there was no real uh, extra cost because they're building it as an inclusive design for all users. So a little little food for thought there. But I still do not agree of a lot of the things that he said in that podcast. But I think that, you know, as folks that are um, looking to build an application, looking to uh, develop for Windows, looking to work at Microsoft, to work at Apple, to work at Google, Look at the bigger picture, not just what some people want, but what all people want, and say, how can we combine these together to make a product that everybody wants? Because, yes, if I had Narrator coming on at startup immediately with, like, a terrible voice like eSpeak, yeah, <laughs> I would complain. I would be angry because, yeah, that's not cool. There are so many better ways and creative ways to do that. And I think Microsoft really hit the nail on the head when they put the Cortana experience at the beginning of Windows Setup. And I have said my piece on this, and I think we should probably move on. Well, I just want to end by saying that, you know, I, I, I think it's just it, it just makes me really sad to see that mindset with people still today. And, you know, like you, Michael, I think Microsoft did it in the right way. And it doesn't eat court. See lady doesn't even say in the very, the it, it talking about how to enable narrator is not the first thing. See lady tells you, no, it's not. And if the setup bothers you, it tells you how to turn it off. It says, click the it, microphone icon. Or the mute. Yes. Yeah. It tells you how to turn it off. Yep. This is the part of the show where we talk about something dealing with eye accessibility. And one of the things that you can actually get to from our website is our WhatsApp group. We actually have a giant community of tech enthusiasts and just anybody that can talk about technology 
And it's a good place for you to come to learn more about tech and give advice or ask questions about what you know is going on in tech, how to do something, or just to be around people talking about technology. So, you know, you'll see podcasters in that group. You'll see, you know, us. You'll see pretty much anybody that uses technology right now that's pretty much everybody in the group is blind. We have a few folks that are sighted and uh, we're always looking to expand. So we have a lot of members talking about tech and we even branch off into other groups. We have a book uh, community. We have all kinds of stuff. So head to iaccessibility.net and look for our WhatsApp link and that will put you into a screening WhatsApp group where we ask that you tell us information about yourself so we know you're not a spammer because believe us, we have seen those. So oh, yeah. we try to keep that from getting into our main group. So we filter everybody and add folks to our main group. But we would love to see you on the group. We do voice messages and sometimes text. But it's all up to you how you like to talk. So iaccessibility.net, look for our WhatsApp link and just get ready for a high traffic group. And I would just like to say before we move on, because we've had people talk to us about this in the past, we are not just um, looking for iOS users. We are looking for anybody who's interested in any kind of technology, whether it's iOS, whether it's Android, whatever. If you like technology, Linux. come and join us. All right. So the holidays are over, unfortunately. Aww. They were a lot of fun. I enjoyed the traveling, but we got a lot of new tech. We got a lot of new things, and I'm sure everybody around the country, around the world, has gotten new technology as well. So now that things are settling down and the new year is starting back up, we thought we'd come on the show and talk about how to set up and use that great new tech. One of the things that happened to us this week, this is after the holidays, but it kind of counts because it's things that you would normally get for the holidays, is Aaliyah just got a new TV and new speakers, which will be we did an unboxing for or a setup for that will be on the our YouTube channel as a video podcast, and uh, we'll put it on our audio podcast as well. But, you know, Aliyah, why don't you talk to everybody about that process of setting up a new TV, how different it is compared to, like, inaccessible TVs and, you know, getting used to this stuff. Because people are going to be getting, you know, people have gotten these new t uh, TVs, and it might be overwhelming for some to start out. So why don't you talk about your experience with the Fire TV that you just got? Sure. So Fire TV is is kind of a revolutionary thing It as far as accessibility goes. Honestly, before you couldn't... There were a few TVs with built-in text-to-speech, but you didn't have absolute control over your television. You couldn't manage inputs and and scan for channels and different things on most TVs. And that changed when I got my Fire TV. Michael did an unbox cast last year of the Element TV. I believe it was last year. Year before. Year but oh my. Yes it was, wasn't it? Um Oh, that's right. Yeah. Whew, 2017, man. I know, right? Um <laughs> Wow. I'm old. Old. Old, I tell you. Old. Anyway. So, and the setup process was 
fairly similar. The remotes changed some. Um, in fact, I got it out of the box and Michael's like, hey, there's extra buttons. Um, but the remotes changed a little since then. But other than that, it's it's very similar as far as the setup goes. But from the moment I got the TV out of the box, I was able to set it up. Um, I put the stand on it myself. I uh, put it on my dresser where I wanted it, plugged it in. And what I did and what I would strongly encourage anyone with a new device that they think might have accessibility features on it is to go online and look up accessibility features of your particular TV. For example, if you have a Fire TV, go look at voice view and look online about how to get started with it. And from what I already knew, I knew that I could hold the two top um, buttons in the f in the row of three on the remote, um, the left and far right buttons, hold them together to get voice view. And from there, I was up and running. I didn't have to have sighted assistance. I didn't have to have any of that. I set up the TV, hooked up my Apple TV and configured it put hooked up the speakers and set up my antenna and so now I have all the stuff I had on my inaccessible tv but I have speech as well so that's I think the important thing about getting new technology is to learn a little bit about it first if it's an unknown you know maybe you if you, especially if you're not the adventurous type. You know, me, I'll turn something on and see what happens. But um, if you're not the adventurous type, you know, head to Google. Um, in fact, what's really cool is I asked the Google Home how to turn on voice view because I couldn't quite remember. And it answered and it gave me specific instructions because it went online and it looked so I would encourage you to use the resources you have and look about, look up the device and see if it has accessibility features and how to use them, especially if you're a little nervous about getting started. One of the things, too, is when you get new tech and it's not what you want, because that's important, too. You may get things for the holidays, and that's why we have receipts for or we have... Um, what do they call those? The gift receipts. Gift receipts. So you could take it back to the store as the gift owner. Because if you're not happy with the equipment you get, take it back. Don't settle. Because there's probably a solution right for you. So, Aaliyah, why don't you talk about that? Because that happened as well. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't a gift receipt. <laughs> no, but same kind of a situation. Yeah. I went and I had had um, some money to spend and I went and bought a set of Bose Companions and I hated them. Okay. I took them out of the box. I set them up. Not my fault. It's, it's totally your fault. I set them up and <laughs> I plugged in my iPad and I put on a nice full song and I went nuh -uh. And so I said, I am not, not, not dealing with these at all. And so I decided I was going to take them back. And 
the 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 thing about that and when you're unboxing tech it's critical like i used my pocket knife to cut the tape on the box so that when i did decide to send the speakers back that it was easily able to be put back in the box i try very hard when i take tech out of packaging to do so in such a way that i can put it back if necessary and so i decided i hated 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 those speakers and took them back and bought some klipsch speakers from a different retailer for ten dollars more and was much happier but best buy was very good through the whole process um I had the receipt, I kept the receipt, I took the, the speakers back, they refunded the card, and about five days later the money was back and I ordered the Klipsch, and I'm very happy with them. Those aren't going back. And that was my fault. And <laughs> one of the things that I, I do blame a lot of retailers for is, you know, when Aaliyah was asking what they actually had as far as these things, they were trying to sell her on a huge sound bar and all of these things and you know you have to research your tech because we got a better deal on speakers rather than actually paying up the nose for a two three hundred dollar sound bar that may or may not have sounded as good well and the thing about that was too is that they wouldn't really tell me about all the options that i had you know, I understand that it was it was a smaller store that we were in, so they didn't have a lot. But they barely even mentioned the Logitech options at all. And they may have had other brands, not just Bose. But it felt like they were pushing me towards something I didn't want. And I told the guy, and this, this upset him, I think, that, you know, why I didn't really want Bose. Because... My experience with Bose has been that if the volume is past a certain point, it compresses the audio down and you lose the majority of your bass response, which will happen to some degree at, at loud volumes. But at least I didn't want something that was going to sound terrible. And I bought those speakers and they really sounded awful. So, you know, I... I you know, I I got them to see if I was if I was wrong, and I wasn't wrong. Um, a fifty percent volume, the speakers were distorting, and I just I couldn't do that, and so I took them back. But don't let people yeah, sell a, you something you don't want. I had a a pushy experience one time at a music store, which I won't name. But um, I was trying to get a, I was looking for a USB preamp, and I specifically wanted a USB preamp. I did not at the time want an audio interface or a mixer. And so I, I said, you know, hey, do you guys carry any USB preamps? And they're like, oh, you don't want a USB preamp, you want an audio interface. And I was like, no, I specifically want a USB preamp. I have this microphone, actually, which I thought was the SM58 at the time. It's not. It's a PG58 that I would like to use with my computer for podcasting. And I, at the time, did not um, think I was going to be doing a lot of app demos or anything like that. So, you know, I, I, I just needed the microphone to work. And this guy was insisting on getting me an interface. And 
uh, and insisted on uh, telling me I needed an interface. And I, I, I knew exactly what I needed and why. And so I ended up leaving that store and not buying anything from them for that reason, because it just it just upset me. Jason, have you ever had any experiences, uh, you know, after the holidays of tech that you got that, you know, how you set it up, what, you know, best practices for you have been? Well, I mean, I found that if I complain about my old tech, I might get new tech half an hour later. <laughs> but, um, but no, like, you know, it's kind of like what Aaliyah said. You know, I, I, I read manuals. I do a lot of research ahead of time. A lot of the time I find that I will do tech research and I tend to kind of like, you know, let people know what I want because I don't want to end up getting a technology gift over the holidays that I may end up you know, not needing or not wanting or anything like that. Like I want it to be something that I know that I could use um, because I, I would feel kind of bad if somebody say, let's say that I used Android, you know, and not iOS. And somebody was like, oh, you know, the Apple Watch is a great gift for him because it, it, it it's accessible. So let's get him an Apple Watch. That wouldn't necessarily be the best idea in that situation. So I would feel really bad having to like return it or something. So but but you know I I do I I look at manuals I I do research um, even if it's when I get the tech because actually you know using the tech trying to figure some stuff out on my own with plus you know doing research alongside that with the tech in hand I find to be really fun I was doing that a little bit with the uh, with the um, Apple TV when I got my Apple TV la Christmas before this last Christmas I really do kind of like to also hint about things that I would like if I get a gift, mainly because accessibility is not always widely understood among, you know, maybe family members or friends who may not be, you know, as familiar with access technology or mainstream technology um, that has been or can be made accessible. So I have gotten gifts in the past where I haven't spoken up for myself about what I wanted, where I maybe, you know, could only use 10% of the features and sometimes none of the features on my own. And, you know, that it's an awkward situation when you have to go to your family and say, um, this isn't something I can really use. So I think it's really important if you see technology that you may want, if you know it's accessible, you know it's something you can use, that's what you should be uh, telling if you want a gift or if someone's offering you a gift of technology, um, that's what you might want to hint at. So you're actually getting the full experience of your technology without having to rely on someone else to help you use it or to be able to really independently use that technology and make your own choices regarding it. Because um, what I've discovered is when you get assistance with technology, sometimes people like to um, put their own opinions in there about how you should use it. And maybe they'll set it up for their liking and what they think is best for you. and. That may not be what you want or what you need at the time. 
what are some resources that you guys use when you get new tech over the holidays? What are some resources that you guys prefer to use when you want to learn how something works? And I can probably steal one from out of the air, out of all, from all of y'all. Google, but YouTube. So any other ones? Um, I've used, as you guys can, can attest to, our, our community, actually, mm-hmm. um, with, with some things before. Twitter. I, I think we all have, from time to time, used, used our community. Um, but, you know, as you said, Google, YouTube. Uh, I've also just flat out gone to a website from a, a manufacturer one time and went directly to where I needed. In fact, I, I think I did that with the Apple TV, too. Um, going to apple.com slash accessibility and looking at the uh, stuff they had for the Apple TV under the under the appropriate links that I needed for voiceover. So, Yeah, I've done that too. You know, one of the things that's interesting that Apple is doing is they have a YouTube channel. They have two of them, Apple and Apple Support, where they actually teach you how to do different things on your devices. And I think that's really cool. It's not accessibility specific, but... You know, there's there is AppleVis, there's the IACast, there's you know, a lot of different podcasts. So you know, I think Google actually has some videos too, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. Some Google support stuff and Google accessibility stuff on YouTube for their products. Yeah, so there's a lot of resources online for finding ways to learn how to use the new devices that you get. I like to use Ira if there's a visual component to setting something up and I want to do it independently, I'll pull out my equipment and turn it on and say, can you read the instructions on how to set this up so that I can um, do that if maybe it's not an accessible piece of technology right out of the box? I've used a combination of... um... I almost said Ira. I'm not actually an Ira subscriber. Uh, Seeing AI and Be My Eyes, I have tried to read um, with varying levels of success uh, screens on technology and the actual printed user manuals I get with some of my technology with Seeing AI. Um, I've used Be My Eyes for some of the more visual aspects that I may need help with, which, you know, where I may need some interactive assistance when I don't have somebody here that could help me um so those are some resources i've used okay oh and knfb reader I'm yes about knfb reader my last comment i want to make is just be patient with it don't you know get frustrated and throw things and walk away you know just be be patient as much as you can and uh you know hopefully things will will work out and you'll really enjoy working with new tech. And my other recommendation is don't just let it sit and collect dust. If you don't like it, take it back. Get something new. That way somebody else can utilize that device without it going to waste. Something I would suggest too is when you get new technology, look up the company's warranty policy so that you know what to expect ahead of time should you run into problems that aren't necessarily uh, software not 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 software related that aren't necessarily related to maybe you still learning how to use your tech like if you actually have a physical problem with the device if it's actually defective you know make sure you know what the warranty policies are for the company who makes the product you have 
uh, let's go ahead and end for today. We had a great discussion. Jason, what is your pick for this week, and where can people find you online? My pick for this week is going to be my Apple Watch Series 4. And Aaliyah, you had kept telling me over and over again that I needed the Apple Watch Series 4. And I knew you were right. I knew you were right. And I finally got one. And it is amazing. For those of you who may be listening to our podcast for the first time, I had a Series 2. And it became so cumbersome to use that I ended up dubbing it the Series Ooh. Um, because it is just really slow. It is not practical to use with voiceover, in my opinion, especially if you want to get things done in a productive, timely fashion on the Series 2. I just, personal opinion, don't. Um, It just does not have the power. And so I got my Series 4, and one of the things, Aaliyah, that uh, had told me is that you'll actually find yourself enjoying using your watch again. And she was right. It is so fast. Like it, it does what I want when I want to do it. And it, it doesn't freeze on the lock screen or do stupid stuff after updates are installed. At least in my experience so far, I have not yet installed the latest update. Apparently there is one, I think. Um, but I mean, this thing is just nice. I, I love it. And as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can search for me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. You can also follow me on Twitter at JDE91. That is JDE, Juliet Delta Echo 91. All right. Lauren, what is your pick for this week and where can people find you? So my pick for the week is Ira. And I was first skeptical about using Ira because I thought that it was another one of those tools that was supposed to replace um, independent living skills. And I have to say, you know, that it's not. I, when you're using Ira, you are telling the agent what it is you would like to do and how you'd like to do it. And they are covering the visual aspects of it. For example, I went to a restaurant yesterday in an area that wasn't familiar to me. Could I have put the address of the restaurant into Google Maps and walked over to the little strip center that it was in and asked questions until I found it? Absolutely. But with Ira, I could follow, I could find that restaurant because a lot more quickly because they were telling me what was around me and they were telling me what kind of what kind of intersections i was crossing so that i could know how to judge my traffic and i could go in that restaurant and read the menu using ira instead of having to wait for the server to come back and have the people at tables around us staring at my table because the server was spending so much time with me when they may not have known exactly why. So you can find me editing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at lauren at iAccessibility.net. You can find me on Facebook by searching for Lauren Bishop. And you can follow me on Twitter by searching for Lauren Bishop 9. All right. 
Aliyah, what is your pick, and where can people find you? Well, my pick will be short and sweet because I've described most of it earlier in the show. It is the Insignia 32-inch Fire TV Edition, and it is fully accessible, amazing speakers, and if you're not an audiophile like me, you don't really need to buy extra ones, so that's really cool. It has voice view, it has uh, three HDMI ports, uh, an audio jack, and RCA ports, and yeah. It's a very, very versatile little TV. I got it for $129. It was on sale. I don't know that it still is. It may be. But it is $169 normally. So save $40. I'll take that. Uh, As far as uh, it has also a 24-inch variant if you need a smaller TV. And I think it has a 42 and a 50 um, if you would like to find me online, you can do so. You can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net. And you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. All right. So my pick this week is the return of a show. And that is Star Trek Discovery. Yes, it has started back up. It is on season two now, and I'm very excited to check it out. It is on CBS All Access, so you'll have to subscribe to that. Or you could buy it episode by episode in iTunes, so or probably other media services as well. So check that out. Star Trek Discovery Season 2 is here. If you want to find me online, you can find me producing content for accessibility. If you want to find me other places, I am... Michael Doeys on Facebook. On Twitter, I am Mike Doeys. If you want to email me, you can at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E, at iAccessibility.net. I'm all over the web. Just do a Google search for me. I have a Tumblr blog and my website at michaeldoeys.com. If you want to find iAccessibility, you can do so at iAccessibility.net. We're iAccessibility1 on Twitter. We're on Facebook as iAccessibility. We have our iOS app and our Android app. Just search for IACast on Android, iAccessibility for iOS. If you want to hear our outtakes before the mid-year outtake show, you can by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash IACast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash IACast. Don't let autocorrect fix that. Um, it's the cheapest way to get all of our outca- outtakes. and we have quite a few just from this episode alone, so it's great. And um, you can get them as far back as the middle of, uh, or beginning of last year. So we got a lot of outtakes on there. So very exciting stuff. And, you know, we also encourage your feedback by emailing feedback at iaccessibility.net or by using the hashtag of IACast on Twitter. So We're very excited that uh, we've had a great show. We're going strong here in 2019, and I love it. We're on episode 107, 108 next week, and we're doing some good work. It's really awesome. So we're very excited to see you guys next week, and we want to know all of about what you guys have to say about our content, what you like, what we we are saying that you don't like. And, uh, yeah, leave us feedback. We'd love to hear it and talk about it on the show. So. Thanks, everybody, for being here, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. 
Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Copyright 2019, iAccessibility, LLC.